Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unauthorized Cinnamon, a Deadwood podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Herman. I'm Harry J. Perales, the other. Today we are bringing you episode nine of season one, No Other Sons or Daughters. I'll ask you guys to bear with me. I have a cold at the moment, so my voice might be a little odd. You might hear a cough drop rattling against my teethers. <laughs> but uh, all right, so No Other Sons or Daughters. We pick up right after the previous episode. Uh, Al is looking at the chunk of gold. Mm-hmm. The Trixie's left on his nightstand, which is just like episode two when he's just looking at the pistol, much as, you know, we talked about how the parallels were were there. He kind of slams it down and she wakes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a little like, our oh, majesty awakens, huh? <laughs> <laughs> he's, <clears throat> I feel like he's still trying to be like the tough son of a bitch, but he's st- yeah. <laughs> the like the cracks in his facade are already there. We already yeah. know. I mean, he's he's getting up to he's talking about business and everything. He's literally getting up to take a piss and he's trying to talk big. Oh, you, you got to do this, and uh, you know, he's got that great line that he says. You know, sometimes life is just one vile fucking task after yeah. another. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. I don't remember this line from my first watch, but. I must have <laughs> realized it because, yeah. like, that's such a that's such a apropos line to both of our own like personal philosophies. I know, yeah. <laughs> I remember around the time I was watching Deadwood, you know, I was like in school and working full time, and you know, I remember one day I like did the math and I was like, I think I spend eighty percent of my life doing something I don't want to do, <laughs> and like having an existential crisis of like, if all of my life is doing something I don't want to do, what? good is this like what the fuck so to go back and like see my favorite show this character saying basically that i'm like why didn't i pick maybe i didn't just didn't but yeah he's talking about a he's got to uh talk to magistrate claggett (laughs) what a magistrate claggett Claggett. (laughs) he's gonna get the feelings of the camp and impart them to the territorial legislature over in Yankton. But uh, he also is telling her, like, don't worry, things will be fine. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's really funny how he's he's talking, like, you know, on the surface he's talking about, like, Deadwood, things are going to be great, but you also see him being like, no, baby, it's, it's going to be okay, things are good. But the, only the way Al can, where he has to funnel it through business. Yeah. And how he has to be, like, teaching some, like, lesson or something like that. He's like, things are going to be different, don't worry about it. It's going <laughs> to, but he's really talking about I love um, yes, and I love that he's like, "Stop worrying. Why are you so worried? <laughs> Stop it. I don't know what you're so worried about with all your worrying." It's like, hmm. Uh, yeah, he uh, <clears throat> asks her how her arm is, mm-hmm. and there's a really brief like, maybe it's a little much, but it's yeah. sweet. Especially, I guess, on your first watch, you realize it uh, when you when you're first going through the episode through the series you still think of Al as a guy who almost killed a little girl. So mm-hmm. this slight little like, don't fucking try it doing away with yourself again. Huh? Mm-hmm. It's like a little sweetheart. Oh. Doesn't want her to die. <laughs> um, from there we go to the grand central. Uh, Bullock has brought Ellsworth with him to introduce to Alma. And uh, he was like, Hey, he's uh, this the old guy who found your gold. And uh, he can keep working on it, like, just to keep up with the uh, her um, claim on the claim. 
Sure. <laughs> that works. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, like, uh, reading about the real Deadwood. And we try not to get into the real Deadwood that much, but it's kind of applies here. Like, I think in Stories of the Black Hills, David Milch's book, he talks about how there was, like, an average of one murder per day in Deadwood, just because, like, if you turned your back long enough on your claim, people just, like, slit your throat and start <laughs> taking your gold. So at least she has, like, a nice guy to, to yeah. work a claim for. Uh, but Alma, like, is concerned. She takes Seth aside, like, I hope this doesn't mean you're uh, dissociating from my affairs or, or whatever. <laughs> and... uh Seth has to reassure her, like, I got my impression of Ellsworth. Mm -hmm. You get yours, and then we'll compare notes, and we'll yeah. just keep doing that until you <laughs> are just so sick of me you don't want to look at me anymore. And she's <laughs> like, oh, oh, Mr. Bullock. <laughs> he has a nice line about Ellsworth. I lean more on what I felt about this fellow than what I saw. Mm -hmm. Isn't that like, <laughs> and uh, he's already having little playful encounters with uh, Sophia. Yeah, yeah. Just little winks and sticking his tongue out. Yeah, it's basically it's it's funny because uh, I think it's in this episode too, where uh, later on when it's kind of packed and uh, you see the way characters that we love deal with Sophia, and it's yeah. almost a way to kind of reassure us that like no 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 these these are good people like these these are the best people in this uh, show. Oh yeah. To kind of give us like a, it's like a litmus test. Yeah, basically like how are they to Sophia? <laughs> but uh, as Seth is walking out. We see uh, one of E.B.'s lackeys, uh, this Irish gentleman, also known as uh, Scut Farkas. Yeah. <laughs> from, oh, it's from Scut Farkas from A Christmas Story. Oh, it, oh shit, it is. Yeah, it's him. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, giving a much more believable Irish accent than, what's his name, Tim Doherty. He goes into a very long, <laughs> uninteresting story about how it's... I guess it's still kind of funny about how he uh, still has... Um, Wild Bill's letter because mm -hmm. he was washing his pants because he <laughs> shit. was like, I just come from the creek, Mr. Farnham, washing my pants. And he goes, I have it to cultivate. <laughs> um, but he tells, yeah, so there's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He just, yeah, with everything going on, he didn't have a chance to send the letter, which ends up being bills to his wife that we saw him writing. And, uh, <laughs> It's a great moment when he tries to show it to EB. He's like, I don't I'm not fucking touching that. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's a miracle. I yeah. didn't shit on it. <laughs> well, that's, the uh, miracles of Deadwood. You didn't shit on something. <laughs> that's about the best miracle you can get in that show. <laughs> it's like you didn't shit on something and somebody died. God still works wonders. <laughs> yeah. uh, EB decides to, to yell at him mm -hmm. and says, uh, I won't add that to the list of crimes in which your inebriation and sloth as my employee has implicated my hotel, which I will attempt to shield you from in the course of trying to extricate myself. He says, like, oh, I didn't mean to extricate you, sir. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> but then, you know, after that, E.B. just, like, takes a letter and he's like, I'll take care of this. Yeah. Just don't speak of this to anyone. Yeah, be sure not to tell anyone about this. <laughs> Uh, then Charlie comes in. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. This is the good shit. Wearing his frock coat. He just looks so uncomfortable in it. <laughs> Bought his new frock coat. I wonder if it suits me or not. <laughs> and then EB's just a sycophant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's just like, no, not to me, you know? I think Charlie looks at him like, 
I can't trust what yeah. you say. You know when you like ask believe, someone yeah. their opinion, you're yeah. like, I don't know why I ask because I'm not going to believe anything. Yeah, that opinion don't hold water. Got to ask someone else. Yeah. Far as that goes. <laughs> he's trying to. He's trying to kind of uh, almost like civilize himself post Bill, and he's just really awkward and like, uh, I don't. Is this right? I don't know. Yeah. And it just it just further endears Charlie to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> So we go back to um, Alma and Ellsworth, and Ellsworth's telling him about how he like accidentally came upon the gold. Um, and he says, uh, you're going to need to sink some shafts to know how much you really have. And I don't know how to do that. I just pine the, pan the creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but he says, I'll work on it until you're able to find someone that can do it better. He, uh, he asks if, if anyone's going to, help her for families like your people gonna help you and she's like well i mean my family knows uh but as to their involvement i'm not so sure (laughs) that's that line like family don't always prove loyalty (laughs) uh which i think it kind of ties into deadwood's theme of uh family is like what you make it Mm -hmm. and uh you don't need to have all that much in common whether it's like um background or or genetics to have a family you know Mm, yeah um but he says you're gonna need some people on your side because you have a pretty big claim and uh it's dangerous to have one of those if you don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of people backing you up and there's it i believe mr bullock is on my side (laughs) 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 there's no question about that (laughs) i love how everyone can just see seth walking around with that big boner yeah (laughs) Um, then she says, I believe you are too. And it's like, ah, Ellsworth is, he's, like, mm. he's in. <laughs> uh, and then Charlie comes in, he introduces himself to, uh, oh yeah, his, he makes an introduction because he helped, uh, rescue Sophia because mm-hmm. he hasn't met Elmer Ellsworth, but introduces mm-hmm. himself to the two of them. Uh, so we go to Al's room, Al's looking at Charlie's sign, <laughs> Charlie Utter, <laughs> mail and freight, uh, uh, he tells uh, Johnny, he was like, uh, that's smart. Like, that's what happens when you drop a stitch. And Johnny's like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> just automatically assumes like, he fucked up. No, I dropped the stitch. I should have had Persimmon Phil do that. It could be a cover for his work as a road agent and a robber. And I should have had someone to replace him and then set it up. So then we get to the fact that Al is asking Johnny to take <laughs> Yeah, Johnny is, uh, he is a constant joy. <laughs> He's like, Al, I've been at, waiting for this conversation ever since you give me that Indian, Indian head, head to hide. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen Al react this way to anyone, the way he's just walking, like, yeah. speechless, just, just smiles like, at him. It like, just, like, leaves him in his office, because he knows he's not going <laughs> to... There's nothing. There's no damage he can possibly do because he's incapable of it. <laughs> he's just that fucking dumb, and he just leaves him alone in his office. <laughs> and he talks to Dan, like Dan knew about it. He's like, yeah. "How to go, with Johnny?" He's like, "I've just fled my office in horror, just fucking dimwitted." <laughs> Is that when Johnny comes up? It's like, "Hey, Al, any reason I can't tell oh, yeah. Dan about?" <laughs> <laughs> Any reason I can't tell Dan about me taking over for a uh, present film? Nah, keep him in the fucking dark. <laughs> but he's in within earshot. It's yeah. <laughs> and then Dan asks him what's going on, and he's, he's like, just like, mm, mm, mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that he almost tells him and then yeah. catches himself. <laughs> uh, and then Magistrate Claggett shows up. 
<clears throat> he wants to talk to Al. Uh, <laughs> I love Al just like wants to get the information. He's he knows what it's like dealing with these politician types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I want to know how the camp stands to the legislature and don't give me this. Um, on the one hand and on the other hand, <laughs> just say, this is the way I think it's going to be. Cause this several hands shit doesn't help me. <laughs> There's the line of, uh, we're having talks with the Sioux people and Al says people. That's what we're calling the cocksuckers. Huh? <laughs> Before you forget. That <laughs> actually an awful person. <laughs> yeah, and it goes back to we talked a lot about in the early days about the uh how they have to other um mm-hmm. yeah. the enemies that they're facing. And this shows the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um even though to this day it's not like we treat Native Americans all that well. <laughs> but yeah. uh there's the end of like them being the savage red man mm-hmm. and the heathen dirt worshipper. They're that's over. Like they're Mm -hmm. just other people now Mm -hmm. because we're not going to, you know, presumably not going to be fighting them. So there's more, there's a whole lot of just like uh, talking about like, okay, so by the Northwest ordinance, any land you approve upon you own, which goes back to the Ellsworth will keep working the claim. So Mm -hmm. all has a claim to it. Right. Uh, But the Fort Laramie treaty complicates it because they're not supposed to be on there. And I was like, so who needs to get paid? (laughs) So yeah, anyways, who needs to? So then the uh, uh, Claggett goes into like, well, if there was an ad hoc municipal organization that would give them, you know, uh, the sign that, oh, we don't have to set up one like these people can take care of themselves. Blah, blah, blah. And Al is further impatient. <laughs> he goes, what's the right fucking number for the religion? <laughs> it's like, just tell me who to pay and how much. That's all I'm trying to ask you. <laughs> and Claggett says that there's a lot of gold out there and like Mm -hmm. i could give you a number now but i mean depending on how much gold is found like they might want more later on uh but he makes a list of names and some guesses at some numbers and that's when he brings up that oh by the way al there's a warrant in yankton now uh from chicago charging you with murder (laughs) and uh al is just like how much is that gonna (laughs) this is like you know, sitting at a car dealer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're going to want that clear coat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, that true coat, they put that on at the factory, you know. <laughs> He's like, you... Uh, all right, just get how much? And Claggett says 5000 Al's just so mad. <laughs> That's what gets Al's, like, blood up, and we see it in the next few scenes with him when he's drinking coffee and <laughs> power walking around town uh but first uh we go to the pest tent and the reverend's health is further deteriorating she has i see your eyes i see your fucking eyes are still playing tug of war would <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's harsh but yeah. she means as well as you possibly could yeah and reverend asks her if uh he smells funny Jane, Jane takes it as like, if you're trying to say I'm drinking again, well, d- fuck you. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Tra- and he's like, no, I, I, I smell rotting flesh. And I thought it was off the creek, but then I moved up in the hills and it followed me. So mm. I wonder if my <sighs> flesh is. And he, he has the line, do I look like a man taken from his own grave? And he also goes on to say that uh, when I read uh, scripture, I don't feel Christ's love mm-hmm. as I used to. 
<laughs> Jane has a great bit. Like, oh, too bad. <laughs> Join the fucking club with the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Join the fucking club of most of us. <laughs> but yeah, this is... um. We can talk a little bit later about these changes. Uh, I believe next episode it, it gets further specific about his ailments and what's happening to his brain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's just getting worse and worse. And uh, Jane yells at him like, I, you keep hiding from Doc, but I'm not going to stay in this camp very long. I'm wearing out my welcome. People are <laughs> always mad at me. And once I'm gone, they're going to notice you <laughs> because there's not me to be disgusted by anymore. So you're not going to be able to hide anymore. Like you have to consult with the Doc and all that. And she walks off and like the minute she goes like I'm off duty and like the minute she says that she takes a drink, <laughs> which you know we laugh about it. It's also not funny because she's an alcoholic and having very real issues. <clears throat> but uh, so now we get to uh, <laughs> Al's mad walkabout. Eb's looking at Wild Bill's letter under a magnifying glass. <laughs> Al walks up. He looks all, all mad. He says something like, "If I blink when I speak this, because I just got fucking fleeced." Mm-hmm. I don't know what blinking when. <laughs> anyway, he's like, "Anyway, meet at my joint in two hours. We're gonna form a fucking government." <laughs> and he goes over to like Merrick's office and oh. tries to like, "Hey, Merrick!" <laughs> like being on the wall in the the glass with <laughs> the pane of the door is already broken. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like fast walking mm-hmm. and like he's still mad from like. Uh, I gotta pay five thousand yeah. fucking dollars. Uh, so then we go back to the hardware store, and uh, Seth and and Saul are just talking. Seth mentions that it might be time to bring his wife and boy in from uh, Michigan because mm-hmm. the town's kind of settling down in the treaty with the Sioux. Blah blah blah. And Al comes in, just like, "Where the fuck is Merrick?" <laughs> He's like, anyway, we're we're having a meeting, and he says to Seth, like, what we spoke about before, this puts it to the test, about, like, we got to row in the same direction for mm. getting annexed, we need to cooperate and look respectable. I also like uh, where he says, no, it's not a government, even though he just told EB we're forming a fucking government. <laughs> He's like, no, no, it's not a government. That's a, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, diff, it's that difficult line of, like, it's a government, but, like, it's mm-hmm. not, just, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Seth? Or no, Saul, I'm sorry, brings up something along the lines of like, oh, so things are really, so we need to like look presentable enough to bribe the legislature. And Al has the line like centuries of fucking inbreeding attune him to the necessities of the times. I didn't, I, I'm assuming it's a Jewish jab. Yeah, it is. But I, I, but I never knew that inbreeding was uh, thought of to be endemic in the Jewish community. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah. And also, I don't know. What about the necessities of the times? And I was thoroughly confused by that line. Yeah, I think it was just a... It's kind of like a softer version of... Well, not softer, but, you know, like what EB does is constantly, like, just keeping somebody that you feel is inferior to you in line. You just keep remembering that Hal's kind of a shitty person. That's true. Yeah. he. <laughs> we'll see it in the next episode, too, but even when he's, like, someone he likes and he cooperates, he'll uh-huh. still call him, yeah. like, you know, racial slurs. Yeah. But uh, he walks out, and, but stopped and looks around and says, you did a fucking good job here. <laughs> because Seth is one of those Protestant work ethic sorts. Yeah. <laughs> he can't 
stop. He, he won't go to bed until he's built his yeah. goddamn building. <laughs> but yeah, so now we go to the Bella Union. Eddie is uh, sitting there and slowly shuffling cards. We can tell that Eddie's, Eddie's fucked up. But uh, he tells Joni, like, hey, we put your room back together after we murdered the two children in it. <laughs> and she said, like, no, I'm, no, I'm not going to stay there. Okay, no. And that's when she tells Eddie's, like, I'm getting out of here. And he <laughs> kind of goes, are you now? <laughs> like, that's sort of thing. Like, I've, I've heard this before. But then she explains it, like, hey, I'm opening my own place. Uh, and he's like, have you saved up money? <laughs> she says, uh, uh, I found a way to work it. <laughs> leaving out important details. And he's like, okay, well, uh, at least you're getting very far away before you do that, right? And she's like, <laughs> um, uh, funny, you should say that. Uh, it's going to be here in town and Sai's going to back me. <laughs> he's like, all right, well, best of luck. <laughs> um, Al comes in and is like, where's Sai? But he's asleep. Al borrows some coffee from them. Sai's going to want to beat this meeting where you know, having at my joint, blah, blah, blah. He looks at Eddie and says, you could use some rest. <laughs> uh, but Eddie says, I could use a clean conscience. And Al says, so could we all. Just like walks back out and whoop, 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 government time. Um, I like sign. Uh, I like Al and Eddie. I, I wish we had more Al and Eddie yeah. together. Eddie's kind of like calm, steady, knowing the way shit works. Mm-hmm. And Al like being a, able to appreciate eddie in a way that Sai never would well i think and we definitely see this in the next episode that al is completely devoid of people on his level mm. <laughs> like his circle is just full of just fucking yeah. jokers and so like somebody like <laughs> eddie is kind of is on the same level just you know not as intense and very laid back version so he can you know respect him and uh <laughs> so al definitely like appreciates that when he finds that in somebody yeah Al is back out in the thoroughfare and he takes a drink of the Bella Union coffee and spits it right out. <laughs> that's a that's something I I can uh, identify with. Like if I have any coffee other than like my own, mm-hmm. I'm just like, what is ah, what is this? <laughs> but he sees uh, Merrick. <laughs> Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Merrick's been getting supplies. Whatever. Be over in a couple of hours. We got to form a government for the settlement. Who does? Us. You and me, come to me in a vision, you stupid bastard. You're just so pissed off. I, I, I love it with coffee. Yeah, and I, I love his, like, the way he treats Merrick. Yeah, yeah. Merrick is so, like, asking to have his ego deflated. And Al's the perfect one to, yeah, be, yeah. to be, like, you stupid <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Even though Merrick's like, ah, replenishing supplies. Oh, don't you see? Like, it's like, fuck you. Get over here. <laughs> I love it. So we're back at the Bell Union. Joni leaves uh, to go look for a place where she's going to build her, her brothel. Sai comes downstairs and Eddie tells him about the meeting at the gym in two hours and that uh, Joni left looking for a place. And he's like, well, good. Uh, I wanted her to. I wanted her to. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad. That's what I want. <laughs> um, this is when Eddie oh, God, this is really good work by um ricky j ricky j in these two episodes where he says sai you really fucked me up with those kids like there's no angle to it mm-hmm. um but sai said oh, i wasn't just about the kids you need to work through your fucking problem this 
uh, unfortunate and uh, unpleasant. But uh, anyway, yeah, Eddie says he wants to come to the meeting too. So cool. Yeah. So I says, well, if that makes you feel better, yeah, come on. Yeah, out. if it'll cheer you the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on, out, Eddie. But uh, yeah, so we start following Joni. She walks around. She walks through Chinaman's Alley. And she's kind of overwhelmed by the hustle and bustle. But uh, then she sees uh, Flora's uh, bonnet with Wu's pigs oh, in God. the muck, in the mud, in the shit. And I know we've mentioned it before, but uh, this show has so thoroughly <laughs> fucked me up in, <laughs> in regards to pigs. And there's no angle to it. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't want anything to do with pigs people are like oh pigs are so cute i'm like absolutely not <laughs> oh they're oh god they scare me so bad and this is another moment uh kind of <laughs> kind of punctuating the like where eddie's like oh so you're gonna get yeah you need to get the fuck away from here because this is what you know you need to go you need to leave right and so she has this idea yeah no it's gonna be fine i'm just gonna and then she's faced with oh this is what can happen to me Oh, right. It's a is, good reminder of... <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. This is this is what I'm heading towards. And, and that's... <clears throat> she's about as far as she could get from Psy. Mm-hmm. Because that's pretty much a whole other part of town. Mm-hmm. It's basically a whole other town. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, forget it, Joni. It's <laughs> it's Chinatown. <laughs> that sort of thing. It's the same as, like, in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a completely different world. But, didn't Psy but there's still, like... The reminder's always yeah. going to be there. Yeah, and there's also the notion that uh, that we're told in the last time they had the big meeting where Sai had bought that property. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he's still going to be around. So, yeah, and what I just said isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's right. Never mind. But uh, <clears throat> also, when she was walking through Chinaman's Alley, I was like, that food looks pretty good, man. Like, <laughs> like fresh ingredients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe the meat's not the choicest cuts, but... Like, uh, looks pretty fucking good compared to like the slop at EB's. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> why, why the biscuits with the cockroaches in them. Yeah. But, uh, it's neither here nor there. She <laughs> runs into Charlie and the most charming, heartwarming, <laughs> <laughs> uh, relationship. He goes, Oh, I'm opening in this business. Business. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I had a boss that, like, um, Earnestly said, "Business." Yeah, <laughs> he's a good old boy from Madisonville. <laughs> that was fun. But uh, <laughs> then she's like, "Oh well, good luck, Charlie Utter." And uh, he asks her how his frock coat looks. <laughs> <laughs> and and this is when we get more into like the reason he's got. It's like, look, I I, I do well in a settlement or a township mm. or you know in a city or whatever. But that doesn't mean I'm the settlement or city city type. Yeah. This frock coat is the attire of that type of type. types. <laughs> <clears throat> she says something about like, well, you're wearing it now. And yeah. it's fine. Uh, so Joni says that she's also looking for property for her own business. Uh, brothel. And he's like, oh, okay. <clears throat> I think she's like kind of waits for him to be like turning away. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, going, oh, okay. Well, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. good oh, day to you. Uh, goodbye. But, <laughs> but he's fine about it i remember when uh he first met trixie in the hardware store he yeah. was just kind of like oh little girl favors you like oh yeah. you look like a good uh caretaker for that little girl yeah um he just this is another one of those litmus tests sort of things yeah, where yeah. it's like he's thoroughly decent to everybody yeah yeah um 
what I also love about this is like um, him and Joni are meeting each other at the exact moment that they both need reassurance that what they're doing is the right thing. Mm. And so they're basically saying the same thing to each other with just the roles reversed where she's like, you know what? It's, you know, whether or not you think it suits you, like you're wearing it. So, yeah, Yeah. just do it. And then when she says that, he's like, you know, well, you know, if the time's ready, it doesn't matter whether or not you're ready. Yeah, she says, like, I don't know what got into me thinking I could do that. Mm -hmm. She says, like, I'm just a whore, though. Yeah. It's like, no, you're not. Well, you're going to. Yeah, and then she corrects herself. It's like, well, I'm, you know, the. mm -hmm. I'm the head of whatever, like, you know. Yeah, she was. She's the the branch manager of. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's HR. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then there's that really great bit where she's like, you know, wow, you know. I'm surprised you're not at that big meeting. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm heading there now. It's like, uh, I I prefer to appear late to that type of thing. (laughs) And she also, like, they both obviously know what's going on. She says, uh, Bell Union, where I work's bigger, but since it's Mr. Swearingen's meeting, that's why they're having it at the gym, I suppose. It's like, yeah, that's why it's located there. (laughs) It's a great bit where she's telling him, I, I work here, and also you need to go here. Because, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, that's one of those things I just love when, like, watching the show and seeing characters that you get to know separately when they finally, like, collide and you're, you know what the character's going to be like. And it's just joy to be like, yeah, that, that is how they would yeah. interact. <laughs> they, they will want to help each other. We like them. Mm hmm. That's interesting what you said about how they both are helping each other out at this important moment of change. And that's kind of like a lot of characters are dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Seth is is going to have to deal with the fact that he's going to be a town leader. Uh, Al, as we said earlier, he's like, oh, things are changing. It's going to be different, but it's okay. Like It's just going to be different. And Jane is seeing the end of the plague. And she has to decide, like, what is my role going to be in the camp? Mm-hmm. Reverend is also going through changes of a completely different sort, and there's not really much to be done about that, unfortunately. Right. But speaking of, we head back to the past tent after this, or it's the, I think it's the Reverend's tent? Mm-hmm. Or no, it's the past tent, and yeah, Doc, and... Doc sees the Reverend having a seizure like mm-hmm. but trying to like hide it by like bracing himself against the yeah and he um just tells him he just gets up and he has to go to the gym he's like hey i'm it's it's like it's kind of like seeing a friend sneak like some pills or something mm-hmm. but you're like he's having a seizure and he's just like <clears throat> uh well i'm i'm headed to the gym that's when he sees Jane. She's off duty, and her head's just leaning against a wall. <laughs> when he starts to talk to her, we see that he's crying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's he doesn't bring it up yet, but later on, like he he knows for sure what's going on with the Reverend. It's not a lesion. Yeah, but you know he he knows that there's nothing to be done, and like everyone, he loves the Reverend. Yeah. Uh, and also, he goes up to Jane and says, "Like, if you're just like waiting for me to say something, then." This is me officially saying I wish you would stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and she responds like I don't, I don't care what you say. Like I don't take your advice on this or that. I think in there she's like, or where I stand to nap, <laughs> uh, or where to go or when. But and she also like, she basically says like, don't 
you know, tell me how to live my life. But as she's leaving, she's mad at him about like, and you keep saying that Reverend's having a seizure. You keep saying it like it's the same seizure every day and not that it's getting worse and worse. Right. And he's like, you should, you know, do something about it, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, then Charlie walks up. Doc goes off and Charlie walks up to her. <laughs> And he says, uh, what do they pay you to hold that building up? <laughs> that was a good joke, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> she makes fun of him. His new business, like Charlie yeah. Utter of Utter Charlie and Fright. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Charlie then offers her a job at the new place. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want the route to Spearfish? You want anything, whatever you want to do. Like, just tell me what and I'll. Basically offers her every job that's possible. Yeah, whatever. She, <laughs> like, if you just want to sit in my store for a while, I'll keep yeah. you on the fucking payroll. Like, yeah. it doesn't. Like, he just wants to give her something to do. Yeah. It, it, you know. And then she, you know, she just tell him go away. Like, no. I'm yeah, just gonna stay here. Uh, and she cool. has, and she has a great uh, bit, and it ties in earlier where you know he's been trying to get reassurance about his suit, and it's not just the suit; it's you know his position in the camp that he's taking. And she's got yeah. the great lines like, I've seen you in some stupid fucking outfits <laughs> in my time, but that one takes the pride. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very real thing from life. Yeah. Like, you can ask all these people like, oh, yeah, you know, it looks good. And then your friends are like, the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> fucking clown. God damn it. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, now we're at the gem and Doc is uh, looking after the whores and he looks at Trixie's arm and. You know, puts like a salve on it or or whatever. But we see everyone uh, getting in place ready for the meeting. Mm-hmm. I noticed that like Eddie is like looking at their, it's like a roulette table or something. <laughs> I know it's a little, but I see Eddie like looking underneath and like checking like <laughs> the sturdy. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's kind of, I just saw like a little roulette thing. I never remembered them bringing mm-hmm. up the fact that they have roulette, but it's clearly a gaming table. Eddie's like looking underneath and checking yeah. the, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Al comes down, he notices Johnny's brought up cans of pears and peaches. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, who told you to do that? And Johnny's like, well, you're having a meeting, so figured you'd have that. He's like, oh, good good thinking. <laughs> but yeah, Milch makes a big deal of this uh, in the book where he's like, it's now part of this uh, ritual that they go through. Mm-hmm. It's a symbol for something rather than like, well, we need to have peaches to eat. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they don't need to have peaches and pears. But it is just a symbol to to show that they're having an official meeting now. I realize what it reminds me of too. It's uh, <laughs> that bit in the uh, the jerk with Steve Martin when he's like super rich, and uh, somebody brings him the exact drink from an ad that he sees. He's like, "See, look, be somebody." <laughs> That's basically what it is. Yeah. It's like I'm do- I'm being somebody by having this exact cocktail with this exact umbrella. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, Al calls the meeting to order. <laughs> he has a great line. Like, I'm declaring myself conductor of this meeting as I have the bribe sheet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom comes in, like, apparently hasn't been formally <laughs> invited. <laughs> he goes, if you want me to go, just tell me to fucking go. Don't leave me to die by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Don't subject me to water torture. <laughs> <laughs> Al has that great comeback. <laughs> Sit down and toss whatever book you've been reading on the fucking yellow pillow. 
<laughs> love when you think you're being smart and yeah. someone's like, oh, looks like someone watched uh, Super Size Me last night <laughs> talking to us about how bad fast food is. Somebody read Freakonomics. Whatever, man. <laughs> uh, Charlie comes in, introduces himself, and he's like, uh, I don't know, if, should I be here? Can I be here? Uh, and I was like, nice sign blocking my fucking view. And Merrick was like, oh, you had a nice ad in the Pioneer today. <laughs> uh, but Al then explains to them basically what Claggett explained to him. They're negotiating peace with the Sioux. The territory is going to be annexed eventually. And they're setting up a ad hoc government so they can bribe them. Uh, <laughs> EB is immediately worried, like, are the bribes going to come out of our pockets? Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, after he, like, discloses that he's met with Claggett, there's a great moment between him and Sai. Mm-hmm. Sai's like, the hell you must have gone through talking to that leech, Al. Hereafter, you let me take my fair share of the weight of those conversations. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks, Sai. <laughs> Sai's just like, I want to be, he, he feels uh, cut out. And, I don't know. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I started to explain it. Uh, so then EB proposed, <laughs> why don't we tax the people in camp for the bribes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's funny how like immediately EB takes to being like a shitty local government official. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like so ready and enthusiastic for it. So they're going around like EB, he basically like, well, you know, maybe we can get like, uh, uh, if you have a business, you have to pay a, a tax on the business. And Eddie speaks up and says, mm-hmm. If women who pay business license fees all the same rights to operate brothels as men, and everyone's like, what, what does that have to do? And size just like, the fuck, Eddie? You fucking piece of shit. What are you opening in your fucking mouth? <laughs> uh, then they decide, like, all right, I guess we should have, like, posts and EBs just immediately. Yeah. I'd like to be mayor. <laughs> I think everyone is, like, amused by it. Yeah, they're like. Anybody pose? <laughs> yeah. And then you see Merrick for like a second. I <laughs> right before he's able to say anything. Al just like, Mayor! <laughs> Doc, someone like in the write-up that I was reading thought it was noteworthy that Doc wants to know who the comptroller is going to be. I don't know why that's noteworthy or hmm. says anything about Doc's character. I don't think of him as particularly greedy or mm-hmm. maybe he's just trying to put a check on EB's authority. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, if that guy's in charge, we need uh, someone yeah. <laughs> to watch after the finances. Um, Bullock says like, look, if we're having just this like temporary government with like temporary positions, like shouldn't we like provide some sort of services to the people? <laughs> and EB says like, that, that's fine. But all the proceeds of those services go towards paying the bribes. Yeah. First things first, <laughs> we got to pay those bribes. Yes. And Evie, I don't know about this. I want to know what you think. He has the line where more than providing services to them, taking people's money is what makes organizations real. <laughs> that seems more like Milt was just like, I need to get in my yeah. philosophy of civilization. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it doesn't seem like an EB line to me. Yeah, I guess it doesn't. It, it seems more like a, I can almost picture like any, Al. yeah, like an Al or uh yeah, really just Al, but like EB. It seems to like it seems like something EB would accidentally say in other words, mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, oh, providing services is fine, but uh, you know, getting taxes is what's going to make us really. Mm-hmm. He kind of like p- 
puts out this philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's... It just seems like something that he would say, and then, like, Al would just wrap it up in a little bow. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, no, I, I guess I didn't notice that, but now that you say that, it, yeah, it does seem kind of odd for EB to spell something out. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's uh, it's a perfectly cromulent, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> philosophy of, of government, I suppose. Pretty cynical, but <clears throat> I think Melch is kind of cynical about uh, the politicians. <laughs> it embiggens organizations. <laughs> and there's a great moment where EB's like, he's like, all right, bring to order and like slams down the bowl and like the dust cloud comes out. It feels like to be like, we have no gavel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm sorry. We lack our gavel. <laughs> uh, oh, and also like Dan comes in and tells Al, hey, there's a piano here. And Al's like, what? I, I don't care about yeah. this piano. But that that's just the beginning of the piano being a pain in Al's ass. Mm-hmm. And then like, this is strictly ad hoc. <laughs> there's a line, ad fucking hoc. Free, free fucking, fucking grass. Can we just get on with the fucking meeting? <laughs> anyway, that's the end of that uh, meeting. And now we're it's nighttime. We're still at the gem. And uh, Merrick is kind of speaking and saying like, uh, timid? No, sir. Like, I just believe, you know. <laughs> It's getting back to that he wanted to be mayor. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just that thing where, like, uh, you get in an argument with somebody and you don't say anything clever and they walk away. You're like, oh, wait, oh, who the fuck you think you are? Oh, big shot. Oh, I can kick your ass. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I wouldn't be mayor. Cause I believe in a separate yeah. fourth estate. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize, like, I remember I kept waiting to, like, cut or pan to whoever he's talking to but mm-hmm. he's talking to himself yeah <laughs> and then we see eb getting a hand job <laughs> like he's immediately embodying everything of like a shitty mayor <laughs> it's also just like the weirdest looking hand job oh, <laughs> <Where> it's, like... <laughs> it's very vigorous uh and al is al is upset about the piano and is like, what revenue is being generated by this piano? And something about all these hoopleheads singing about their fucking points of origin. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that would be really annoying about a frontier town. Like people yeah. that always talk about their city or their state are yeah. always really irritating. And in a place like Deadwood, <laughs> it's like, I'm the Cincinnati kid. Like, <laughs> let me tell you something about Louisville. Like we're the best there is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of thought like, piano i think would bring lots of revenue it's like having a good jukebox mm-hmm. i don't know and if you notice that like crazy looking motherfucker who he <laughs> said looks like a great grandfather levon helm oh yeah he's playing the piano and i was like ah. <laughs> i want to be like play down on cripple cripple, cripple, cripple creek What's up, on cripple, up on cripple creek yes <laughs> uh hell complains about his headache and yeah. And Dan's like, is the piano? He's like, no, it's from 25 cups of coffee and too much shir- circulating in the fresh, fresh air. air. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Now we go to the, the hardware store and there's like uh, Seth and Saul sitting mm-hmm. on the on the front porch talking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty awkwardly expository scene. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> they're talking about, oh, and I could have kicked myself. Because back in the episode when they're writing the... Um, article in the pioneer about smallpox uh-huh there's a part where it says dr amos cochran and doc says get the amos out of there mm. and i was always like why does doc want his first name taken out 
and I didn't bring it up at the time. And now we find out <laughs> that Doc <laughs> has been arrested seven times for grave robbing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at my, I should have said, like, I would have looked like a goddamn uh, Sherlock. <laughs> but yeah, like, they're like, you could have just said, I don't accept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of saying, we find out that Seth was, is, is health commissioner now. Yeah, the way, yeah, what I love about the scene is the way that, like, they talk about it. You're like, well, you know, I wouldn't have volunteered. You think, oh, he became sheriff. And then we find out, no, he became health commissioner. And Charlie, when Charlie walks up, he's like, how long is this fire marshal gigs? Yeah. How much, I, of, yeah. how much of my time you think this yeah. take? <laughs> I also love, um, there's actually something kind of subtle about, um, or at least it's, it's what I took away from it. The way it's, the shot's framed, because where, like, the door's closed and you see, like, Seth Bullock. Almost in like an old timey like photograph, but it's just huh. his back. You know, it's not his true like you know portrait. It's just huh. his like you know temporary like position in this town. Huh. And it's also kind of like um, we're showing you the other side of mm-hmm. what you normally see. Yeah, or yeah, what you would normally think of like you know like this like sheriff. It's like well you know, he does he doesn't just automatically become sheriff even though he's leading toward you know he's leading that way. Yeah. And so, like, you know, because I could, I could, you know, even, like, looking back at old photos of, like, Seth Bullock or all these people, he's, like, in the same kind of position in that kind of, like, you would see, like, a tin-type photo or something like yeah. that to have, like, a portrait, but you just see the back of his head. Huh. That's really cool. And I like, I like Timothy Oliphant a lot more when he's relaxed, Seth. Y- yeah. <laughs> he's just talking. It's very natural. And, like, mm-hmm. he has good rapport with Saul. Yeah. He just didn't want to be sheriff, so he volunteered yeah. for health marshal. Told you they didn't have a sheriff. Mm-hmm. And Saul asked him, like, "Hey, did you see uh, that that girl that we saw with Sophia at the gym?" And he goes, "Yeah, Trixie, I think her name was." Mm-hmm. Saul said something. I'm surprised she'd go back. Like she took so well to caring for the girl. Mm-hmm. And Seth notes that like the pull of what you know is is hard to resist, and like yeah. that's what's happening to Seth right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he moved. You know, hundreds of miles away, and they get into us late in, into this more later. And he's like, "I moved hundreds of miles away to escape all these responsibilities, and I'm just taking them all back up." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when Charlie comes up, and he's fire marshal. <laughs> How about that doc? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're back at the gym, and like, looks like Tom Nuttall is having some gastrointestinal issues. Mm-hmm. He asks if anyone else got sick off the peaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was thrown away and never picked back up. But anyway, yeah. Saul walks in. He starts talking to Trixie and Al's kind of standing back like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's like, I, I don't want you to see me here. And he's like, well, then come to my place. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I can't go out. Like, look, I don't want what I can't have. Like, yeah, just drop it. Like, we'll just come to our store, buy something, mm-hmm. buy a broom. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a nice little, if I did come, I'd buy a hammer, an axe, and a saw. And he's like all fully stocked, and we never inquire as to customers' recently. <laughs> yeah. It's just real nice. Yeah. And then you see the look on her face, and you realize, like, that's that's like Deadwood flirting. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, if you're going to murder somebody, I'm not going to tell anyone. Hey, man. Oh. I didn't hear nothing. Yeah. And she, like, tries to fight the smile. But yeah. She really likes him. Yeah. Uh, Saul's on his way back out, and Merrick stops him. It's just like our mayor and EB's just pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we go to uh, the Reverend's tent. Doc stops by. He's he's gonna look at Reverend, and Reverend tells him that he smells uh, his own flesh rotting. He says he no longer feels 
Christ's love when he reads the scripture and other people when listening to him don't feel it through him and, mm-hmm. and all that. And that's when he felt like his biggest gift in this world was that he could make people feel that. Yeah. That was his purpose in yeah. life. And now he can't do it. You know, Doc's just kind of like, do you want this to stop? Do you want to, do you feel any pain? Is it hurt? And he goes, this is Christ's purpose. He says, not knowing the purpose is my portion of suffering. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I, I, I'm happy to put up with whatever he gives me, but I just want to understand why yeah. and what I'm supposed to be doing with it. Yeah. And uh, the doc has a good line that explains his characters. Yeah. <laughs> if this is his will, Reverend, he is a son of a bitch. <laughs> Which is maybe the most doc line ever. Yeah. Uh, when the Bell Union, Joni comes in, says hi to Eddie. She tells him she got a hotel room. So she goes in to talk to Cy, and uh, Cy talks about how, like, uh, oh, at the meeting, he said, Eddie spoke up and made an ass of himself. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he says, uh, at the Bell Union, what they try and sell, like, what do we sell here? The, 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 our product is try your luck here. You might get you know, a fresh start. It might be your lucky day. Says, but the percentages being what they are, that you have just as much a chance there as anywhere else. It's, you know, rigged against them. Yeah. Says some people are starting to believe their own line of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's talking about Eddie's starting to think that the Bell Union itself is keeping him back when it's it's like it's not any better anywhere else. You're not going to. Yeah. So then Cy goes up to Eddie. and This is in its own way, like just as bad as the scene with Florin Miles last episode. Or- <laughs> this, is, this is emotionally as or in terms of like emotional abuse of people that are like mm-hmm. that are like the closest to you. Yeah. He basically accuses Eddie of being a pedophile. He basically says, like, you know, I've known you for 15 years and never seen a look on your face like mm-hmm. that. And he gets really ugly and graphic about, like, why don't we get you some boy to whatever. Um, Eddie is just, I don't do, like, Cy, no. I know, yeah, <laughs> I never did that, and you know I never did that. Yeah, and Cy just can't get his mind around the fact that, like, these people that he works with have a conscience. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> he's a, he he doesn't understand why they don't share his, like... Uh, lack of a conscience, I yeah, should say, because yeah. he just lost Andy a couple episodes ago. Because mm-hmm. Andy was like, "You left me in the woods to die." Yeah, <laughs> and so I was just like, "I don't see what the problem is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done the same. Yeah, but now he's losing Joni and Eddie. Yeah, well, he's losing. Season. He's flat out losing Joni first, and Eddie's kind of his last thing. And so he's just clawing at him and like just sinking his talons yeah. into him as hard as he can, mm-hmm. and just being like, you know, you're not going nowhere. Basically, and he also like it. It does kind of remind me of like, um, or whenever I've heard of like you know, parents who are estranged from their si- or parents or like a mother or father who is like really abusive and emotionally abusive to like their children, and when they grow up, they like slowly leave them, and there's like one left that'll like yeah. still talk to them, and he literally sends them to his room. It's like you go up there, and think about what you did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And then Eddie gets a last little shot at him was like why didn't you volunteer for something at that meeting why didn't you put your hand up yeah <laughs> might have kept you from being such an evil cocksucker yeah <laughs> uh, so we go outside and jane tells charlie she's gonna leave the camp i like your <laughs> i sent plenty of men out of their plenty of men out with their plague sores healed to go back to getting them on their jobs <laughs> 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 and she also has a lot i will not be drunk or he's buried mm-hmm. and i cannot stay fucking sober yeah oh boy 
but uh yeah so she leaves she she walks off and uh <laughs> she again is like check with utter mail and charlie fright <laughs> <laughs> uh we're at the grand central and seth gives uh scott farkas a tip <laughs> uh, irish scott farkas <laughs> and i realized that like you know, he gives him a tip, and he's like, oh, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. And I realize, like, Seth and Al, like, in, uh, I guess, like, Charlie, they're probably, like, rich. <laughs> like, they're probably already rich. Yeah. Like, uh, in Tales from the Black Hills, Milch's book, he talks about how, like, when Deadwood hit, you know, high population, like, Al was taking in, like, $5,000 a night. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> is a chunk of change. Yeah. Uh, especially back then. So like Saul and Seth, when they're, you know, selling gear to these people, Mm -hmm. they're probably rich already. (laughs) But, uh, Alma says, uh, he goes up and talks to Alma and, uh, she, she says, yeah, I trust Ellsworth and he's going to work on, uh, my claim or whatever. And he's standing around and it's like, Oh, why don't, why don't you sit down? He's like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And he tells her about it. He has a line like, would it improve your opinion of me if I told you I was health inspector? And there's such a, like, rapport in mm-hmm. chemistry between them. <laughs> what, what you, I forget what her response is when he tells her that EB's mayor. Yeah, she says, Farnham's the mayor. It's like, how horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then he, like, dumps a bunch of cold water on the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> says, I'm bringing up my wife and kid. And she's like, are you now? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, um, and then that's where she says, any other sons or daughters? And that's the episode title. Yeah. He has no other sons or daughters. And he offhandedly mentions, like, my brother was killed in the cavalry two years ago. And she's, oh, I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. he walks him out and she says, why did, why did you bring that up? And he's like, uh, <laughs> it's kind of contrived. A little yeah, like, I, yeah. oh, well, why did you bring that up? Yeah. Uh she was his wife. Yeah. And it's like, we can still bone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Part of me kind of wished that like, they just walked out in silence. He's like, oh, and I mentioned my brother because yeah. 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 He was like having her say that. Yeah. It does feel kind of like, but whatever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> still, they can bone. If they, yes, they can bone with a slight conscious. And, uh, in the, AV club write up. They brought up the fact that like she finds this out like after she's decided to stay basically for him. <laughs> yeah. So like, y'all stay in camp, which isn't necessarily true because she does see the camp as like a way to start over mm-hmm. in her yeah. life. And this gold clean that she gets is like a way to start over. Right. But, uh, she was pretty much set on leaving before <laughs> Seth told her not to. And, when she says, like, okay, fine, I'll stay, I'm pretty sure it's because she wanted to fuck Seth. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> or not sorry. We'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, that's where that episode ends. Mm-hmm. Things are starting to change. Mm-hmm. We're starting to really get the town into its own very mm-hmm. specific thing. We're setting up relationships and jobs that are going to carry on through the rest of the series. Yeah, great episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else? Any other thoughts? Um, any other thoughts or comments? Uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> the only, really the only thing is, as you were mentioning, like, and it just ties back to where you mentioned how, like, 
the camp's going through transformation. People are going through transformations. And uh, just the whole notion from a few episodes back about, like, parts of the body. And, you know, the Reverend is kind of indicative of what's happening now. His parts of the body are not aligning as they should. Mm. Like, you know, and you can also take, like, a like a religious aspect to the world. You know, the Eucharist is the body of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, you eat the body of Christ. And um, so the Reverend is the body of the town in a way. Mm-hmm. And to where, you know, he's, you know what was the town is now dying as it's being annexed to the, to the U S territory. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good point. And he's, you know, maybe as it's coming together, it doesn't need him anymore. Cause his function was to kind of be the conscience of like, we all need to come together. And once yeah. this is a lawless land, but we can all come together just on our own accord. And they're like, well, we're going to have laws now. And so we're going to have to be kept in check. And so he's not needed anymore. Yeah. And that's also kind of, that's also, I guess, uh, want to be even broader, the indicative of like, you know, uh, traditional like religious values in a kind of a secular society Mm. where, you know, it's like, you know, we don't, you know, yes, you know, it can be helpful, but people don't necessarily need it. Yeah. When we don't have laws, that's all we have religion, like our first laws were enforced by the threat of a religious overlord once we have our own laws and we can govern ourselves we don't need you know some people would say right but uh, yeah we'll see where that goes with next episode because those themes are gonna keep moving we're gonna add more members to the body Mm -hmm. uh next up it is mr episode is mr Wu, which is one of my favorites and uh adds one of my favorite characters <laughs> the titular Mr. Wu. But uh yeah, until next week, uh check us out on iTunes. Uh thanks for everyone that's subscribed. Um if you could be sure to give us a rating and a review on iTunes, that would be great. If you aren't subscribed yet, please do. Um we do have a Twitter account. I think I've neglected to mention almost every episode. <laughs> uh you can find us at Deadwood Pod. Uh and check out our home at mockingbirdnetwork.com. See all our other uh, great podcasts, including my other one, Throwing Junk, including the Stacks, Relationship, Polly Wanna Podcast. Uh, and we're adding more every day. Uh, but until next week, uh, enjoy your watching Deadwood. Goodbye. Mocking Bird Network.